0: Good people of Los Angeles. Oh god, that's horrible. One, two, three. Good people of Los Angeles. This is the FCFC FSA. FSA pod. This is your boy, Spice. Duise is gone for a long time. So we got Blood Relative. We got Blood on the Pod. We got Ben E Blanco.
1: Good day, good day.
0: And we always have Slim, as always. Hi. We're talking about near death experiences and the perspectives we gain from it after it. And we're talking about 2021, making deals with time that we shouldn't be making deals with. And also some stress relieving recommendations near the end. So stick around. Most of it's about spending over $500 on clothes at a time. But (laughs) um, we are not in the backyard today, we are in a beautiful loft in downtown Los Angeles. We see Kobe. He's been a pretty good boy (laughs) throughout the entirety of the hour and a half we recorded, but he did throw up near the end of it, so he needs to go home. Um, Outside of that, Slim, hit him with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are
2: in a loft in downtown Los Angeles, so there's not going to be as much background noise, but we do have potty mouths. We do intend to use them, so if you're at work or around children or where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, this is probably a good time to stop listening. Love your life, motherfuckers.
1: Jumbo's Clown Room is open June
2: 15th. Tooties, tooties, tooties. FCFC. Light that candle. La
1: vela está encendida. FC are back. Back in black.
2: FCFC. to the FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens it's your favorite Korean thicky it's slam. to my left is the sexy one got the uh, the Tupac bandana around his neck right now mm, mm. Josh Spice is in the building tonight Spice <laughs> and to my right if you guys didn't know the Dweez has left us he is in Japan right now uh, he doesn't give a shit about us anymore, and we have two months to, uh, you know, fill in his spot with a, uh, a former guest, as well as family member of the Dweez, as well as this, the sexiest Caucasian man in the North. End. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh we have Benny Blanco, not the p- ugly producer that looks like a hobbit, but the really good looking guy that's good at drawing.
1: Oh, I know. He took my
2: name. I know, but he's a really ugly version of you. He might be a little richer, but uh, he's just an uglier version of you.
0: I mean, for the ladies in the North End, Benny Blanco is also quite wealthy, so <laughs> <laughs> he, has it, he has it all going for just him. just counting
2: his pockets on the air? All right. Yeah, yeah, let's go, baby.
0: Come on. We're right across the n- <laughs>
2: Um, and we're yeah. actually
0: not in the backyard today, Slim, so no, the first time in
2: a long time. We are in a beautiful loft somewhere in La La Land um, and enjoying, uh, you know, the, the come up of all the hard work of Benny Blanco.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you still might get some interesting stuff uh, outside the window. Yeah, I not mean, you know, we're, it's, it's downtown. You
2: know, you know how skid row can get. It's, it's always nearby. It's arms distance away.
0: I too was in a loft for a bit on Fourth and San Pedro. There you go. At the beginning of Skid Row, and um, after a year, I uh, threw my hands up and I said, "I don't live here. Y'all live here," and I left because it was it was too much.
2: Yeah, I mean, some I I have a homie uh, who who's like literally right at the cusp of of uh, Skid Row, yep. right there on Pico. And when you drive up to this place, like, literally, you have to wait for homeless people to cross, like, the entrance and whatever. And it's pretty wild over there. But right when you get it, like, the lofts here are so beautiful. Like, you kind of drive past.
1: It's <laughs> like, 8, 8th in Los Angeles is, like, just out of it. Yeah. You know? The, the only part that kind of is fucked up here is Sonoratown. They start cooking the meat at, like, 8 in the morning on Mondays. Mm. So, and that's what I wake up to. And I say that that it's a problem because... I wake up wanting meat. <laughs> it's a good smell, but God. don't we all, don't Messes we all carne asada in the morning,
0: right? So Benny, as a <laughs> as a blood relative of the Duise, you've been a part of this entire FCFC journey with us, and we've never really had a guest host before. Um, but I think uh you're just the man to do it when you when you offered your services, we had already been thinking about that, the pact that we had formed together, but um Benny, I wanted to w- you're here sitting us sitting with us today. There was not a time too long ago where y- you were not sitting on your own power, or <laughs> or were you sitting on your own power, but you couldn't do much else out of your own power? I was
1: permanently sitting,
0: permanently sitting, permanently
1: temporarily sitting.
0: And yeah. so this was how long ago? Now this is so Benny for the we, we had mentioned in the podcast before. We had done kind of a, a TSG feel better thing for for Benny as well, but. Benny was in a major car accident in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, and um, we didn't think that uh, he'd be walking in all of 2021. And lo and behold, he's here with us today, serving us beautiful drink, walking up and down the streets, owning the owning all of his block as he does. <laughs> and um, I mean, we want to talk. Just run us through wh- what exactly happened, man.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a good it's a good time to bring up the theme of the the cast today, right? Of, uh, of near death experiences. And this one was, this one was a weird one because this was, I hadn't seen, I was visiting Dweeze and I hadn't seen him in a while because of the, you know, we were in the Panda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Middle uh, Panda. We were in the Panda. We did a little social distance. So super sober. Didn't drink, didn't do anything, didn't smoke, just enjoy each other's company. And at midnight on February 6th, I was driving home and... I went through a green light, and I woke up in my car on fire, getting pulled out by firemen. <sighs> and I guess what had happened was uh, the cops were chasing a guy who stole a 2004 Chevy Tahoe.
2: Oh, it's a big boy, too.
1: And was he was going 108 miles an hour down Broadway. Uh-huh. And he hit me broadside going uh, the other way on 9th Street. hmm and I didn't see him coming. I didn't feel anything. I just woke up. Yeah, getting
2: pulled out. of Yeah, the car. that's oh a weird feeling. I've, I've had that before too. Really? Just, well, like not like getting hit by a car. No, but yeah, yeah. But waking up one, to something. one of my earlier near that death experiences was my uh, one of my buddies had a suburban that was a hand me down from his pops right when he got his license. Yeah, and we would do shit like just he would just jam it down the block like with like people like you know like standing on the, the bumper <laughs> right so i was uh, i was standing on the bumper he had a ski rack so you hold on to that sure and he was just whipping it down the block and uh we got to the end of the block so he turns the car around and as he's busting a bitch my foot slips off oh. and that's the last thing i remember and then the first thing i remember like coming to was i was in my kitchen my sisters in the living room and i'm like i think i got go, got to go to the hospital cuz like, my head, where I had landed on it, had, like, swelled up. There was, like, a baseball, like, yeah, the size yeah. of a baseball bump on the side of my head.
1: Just super concussed. <coughs> yeah.
2: So I had to go get an MRI scan and whatever. I think that was probably my first near-death
0: experience. I mean, y'all just ran through a, a couple of incredible accidents. Um, talk to me more about... The feeling of right before you lose consciousness, are you, like you said, you weren't really aware of what was happening. You just kind of blinked and then you're out.
1: It was one of those things where like, I don't know if you ever like practiced this in your life, like magical thinking. Or like Explain. Some, like sometimes you get that moment where like if someone flips you off in traffic, <coughs> you like think of the great response just yeah. afterward and you like replay that in your head mm. and you like magically think like if I could go back, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Or like you meet like a cute girl and you're like, damn it, why didn't I do yeah. that? The magical thinking at that moment was, like, this is just a dream. There's no way that my car's on fire. There's no way that my body's broken right now, and they're pulling me out of it. Sure. So let me just blink, and I'll come back, and I won't be And there. you
0: just kept on blinking.
1: And I kept on blinking, and it wasn't. The magical thinking was not happening. Uh. And it was a weird, you know, like, you don't, I don't know. You, it, the context of it, too, was also kind of weird. I'm sure everybody had, like, a weird quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, it was coming off the tail end. We're talking about February in Los Angeles. So by then, we'd we been through it mm-hmm. after New Year's and all that stuff. And it was one of those times where, like, everybody felt isolated. I was alone. I had a breakup during quarantine, so it was like I'd been in my apartment. I'd been working all day from home. Dweez was the first person I saw in, like, a month, mm-hmm. two months maybe. So all that was going through my head, all, like, at that moment of, getting pulled out of this yeah. burning car
0: and it's midnight too so it's not like it's you midnight. have all your faculties completely there right which an hour is, is, a, uh, is, a, is amidst us
1: and i had no idea how much like clearly i was at one moment i was driving and the next moment i was getting pulled out so surely time had passed i had no idea how much time had passed mm. and there were probably 200 people on the block taking pictures and like video of me like maybe losing my life. Oh, like wow. Fuck. Because what, what ended up happening was they were chasing a guy who stole this car, and after they hit me, they bailed out. So they didn't, like, have this guy in handcuffs. I think they, he must have been on something because like, he jumped out of the car, and they just ran through skid row. Oof. So when I got uh, – when I came to, the police had set up a perimeter, and there were about 30 cops with guns drawn running around the block trying to figure out where this guy they were (laughs) facing went and the i guess there was a woman in the car with the guy and she immediately as they were pulling me out pointed to me and said like that's he's the guy that you're looking for so all these cops ran up to me with their guns drawn and this fireman that pulled me out literally dove on top of me it was like this is like you guys are tripping this is not Dude, that's fucking wild. Because these cops had no idea, you know? Like, it went from C8, because, like, where I live downtown, you got the 110 right there, the 105, like, everything is right there. They just came fresh off the freeway. They had no idea what they were looking for.
2: Oh, man, that's fucking crazy. And there's this
1: crazy woman yelling that that's the guy, so they they put their guns on me. What a fucking bitch. Hey, lady, (laughs)
2: lady. Like, my friend almost died, and you're going to fucking try to narc on him? You dirty hoe.
0: (laughs) narc on him like he was the fucking guy who yeah. did this instead of the guy whose body was it broken. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, audacity!
1: What a fucking oh, horrible. Jesus. So the way that they set it up was, you know, the fireman kind of like had to drop me off and on the on the curb. So I'm sitting there on the curb, and I my shoulder feels like glass. I'm almost positive the bone is out of it. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a, a compound fracture. I can't feel the lower half of my body. Oh shit. And I can't feel, like, my wrist. It, it just, like, I, I was not in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And all of these people were on their roofs laughing, and, like, they were all partying up there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And they're all, like, taking all these, like, cell phone videos of me laying on this. And I was just like, this is the strangest way to go out. <laughs> I it. But I'm going to get, like, a live stream my death on this curb right here. Bro, yeah. That's that black
0: mirror life is, is already upon us, man.
1: Yeah, and like right away, you know, after the cops didn't shoot me, mm. uh, the firemen were like, um, like just hang tight because they're going to form a perimeter. They got to find this guy. So we're just going to leave you here. <laughs> as, I, as I was just sitting there, like, wow, this is messed up, one of the cops came up and he was like, uh, All right, so are you hurt? And I was like, Yeah, I think I'm pretty badly hurt. Are you hurt? And he was like, You want an ambulance? And I was like, I don't think Yeah, so.
2: that I think seems like a good idea right now. He's like,
1: Well, where do you live? And I was like, I literally, a blo- I'm a block away from home. Oh. Uh because the only reason I like was out that night is after I saw Dweez, I was feeling really good like I I had seen a person for the first <laughs> time and we were like lifting restric- restrictions and it was like a warm February night.
0: You may have been whistling in the car as you're driving past. Well, I was like,
1: yeah, I wanted to see who was out on the curb, like cuz like we've been drinking out on the streets downtown this entire quarantine cuz we can't be inside anywhere. So, I was just like checking out who was out, what was going on. There's a lot of people going around. So, that was the context of being out that. night. Jesus.
0: And can yeah. you run us through the long long log of the injury list right now what they officially diagnosed these fractures coming from and being 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 at
1: so no compound fractures thank god no bone through the skin or anything but I broke my collarbone in two places I broke my pelvis in three places I broke my femur in two places and my knee and then they found later uh, my chest because it's like mostly cartilage got a bit of a got a knocking mm-hmm. and my, my left my right leg got the broken femur and knee. My left leg had this contusion on the sh- shin that I pretty much couldn't walk on. So I just couldn't really walk on any limb except for my right arm, which is the thing that I make money with. So That's I right. I was lucky. And there. masturbate
2: <laughs> with. Yeah.
1: And draw cartoons
2: with. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Draw cartoons <laughs> to masturbate Naked cartoons too. to
2: masturbate too, yeah. 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 You little anime freak, you. <laughs> there,
1: there goes me questioning uh, whether I should let my mom hear this. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely not. <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> so, so all right, so from there, you were pretty much expecting to be on, like, rehab for, like, most of this year, but.
1: Well, so, uh, like, so just to go back to how wild that moment was, uh, I couldn't really feel anything. My body was in complete shock. Yeah, shock, I was just, yeah. like, I was just shaking. I, did, I couldn't even feel what was happening. And the fireman knew what he was seeing. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to shoot you up with fentanyl. I was like, all right, uh, and before I knew it, there was like a was a needle in my arm, and I like wh- blacked out. I went into space. Uh, I Oh no shit!
2: Idea yeah, man, fentanyl—they just have
1: fentanyl on deck. They just have fentanyl. I didn't even know people like I thought people did that for Bro. fun. And if this is what I people saw are that euphoria, man, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I can't believe people do this like. Voluntarily.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, fentanyl, uh, you know, like rest in peace, Mac Miller. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Serious. But I, I woke up in the hospital as they were like stripping all my clothes off because they had no idea what was going on with me. Uh. And Usually with a broken pelvis means you have internal bleeding. and mm. All your organs have been crushed. So they kind of thought that's what was happening. And when I was kind of unresponsive and saying that I couldn't feel my limbs, they were pretty certain that I was paralyzed. Oh, man. So... I didn't know it was fentanyl. I didn't know what was happening. That's and the only thing I could really think of was I wore I wore this really nice Issy Miyake, like turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of shit. Issy Miyake's sponsor you. though. Pa. I had just gotten it, and I was like. I was really feeling it. I looked really like I just yeah, felt yeah. good in it. You know?
0: I see. I see it. I see it. And they like they didn't they didn't savagely cut that shit open, oh, did they? We like, have
1: to call your clothes off. And I was like, "Yo, can you save it?" And the lady was like, "Your shoulder is like not there." And I was like, "All right." And then they, they cut it off. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> and you know how,
2: like that was the saddest he looked throughout the whole story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not uh, not not after the French. Yeah, I, was oh, I almost died. Blah,
2: blah blah. But they cut my shirt. Jesus. Oh. <laughs>
1: I wanted it so bad to put up on my wall, too. Like, and they, yeah, they ended I'll frame that shit, bro. Know, That's incredible. Throwing it
0: out. We'd all sign that stuff? Like, signing your cast? Damn. I was going to
1: hit up Izzy Miyaki and be like, yeah, I was in this car accident, but I like, kept my, my gear. Hey, <laughs> listeners,
0: FCFC fans across the world, we need to write a massive write-in campaign to Issey Miyake. We're, we're looking for some free gear for my boy Benny, who's uh, mourning the loss or at of at an incredible like, sweater. Or at
1: least, like, email me or something. I don't It'd be cool to just get an email from the god, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Signed.
0: Electronic signature. Uh,
1: but that I mean, was yeah. I mean, when was that again? February 6th.
2: So in four months' time, from a broken femur, broken pelvis, Collar fucked up ball. knee, contusion on the shin.
1: Yeah, you've already been to concussion.
2: two two LAFC matches. Since That's right. Then. You've
0: seen him. You've seen him. You know him. He's in the stands,
1: baby. I wasn't. Yeah, they said I wasn't supposed to be walking until September. It took you like, what, two
2: months to start walking?
1: It was just one of those things that, like, I just had, you had to start moving again. Like, I, I saw what it would be like if you just kept laying in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it just, I couldn't do that. I'd rather, like, break myself more than not try to walk a little my bit. my God. And that was. It's fucking Jason Bourne, dude. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> my orthopedist was like, you're the luckiest, unlucky guy I've ever met. Mm. He's like, all of your breaks are, like, it's like your bones broke like safety glass. So nothing came apart, but everything just kinda of broke. So there's like he's like there's like thirteen lines in your shoulder, but it's not gonna fall apart if you use it. So oh, that's if it hurts, gangster, he's man. like, it'll probably hurt, but it's not gonna break.
0: Possible name of the episode, edit point here. Thirteen lines. Also 13 I didn't know it was fentanyl. That's that's those possible
2: names. It's incredible. Fentanyl, man, yeah, that's wild. I mean spice, we were talking I mean, yeah, all right, no, no, let's let's keep it on, on Benny. Like, yeah, how did you, how did that rehab process go? Like, you you know, like, it just, you were randomly just okay, and you just started walking?
1: Yeah, I just, it was one of those things where, like, you know, like, I was really, I was really lucky to have, like, my parents around, Mm -hmm. and it was, I was really lucky that it was a pandemic, and my mom wasn't working, and I was really lucky, like, 150 things lined up for me to be able to be here. Um, I mean, how it hit the car, like, everything, but... When uh, when I got home, my mom is actually a, a personal trainer, physical therapist, so she kind of knows how bodies work. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, like, she when when she called about my injuries, she knew exactly what happened, she knew exactly what to do, and all that stuff. And she, you know, they were taking care of me. I, like, I had like a pee jar. Mm-hmm. Like, my, like, when mm-hmm. I got home, my dad had to like lift me up onto the toilet, like he had to carry me into the shower. Like it was, like I couldn't, I had no limb that I could put any pressure on. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Wild. And it was the lowest, the, the lowest thing in your life is when you're like, your dad lifts you into a shower and you have to get one of those old people like stools in the yeah. shower, you know?
2: Yeah. And I you like see, like you, you just sitting there like, showering you know, and the yeah. water <laughs> just hitting you in the face. Yeah, and you just got to yell to like,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm done now. And I used to come in and fuck, like, yeah, it was. Dad, I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> it was humiliating. Yeah. But like it was a, it was a weird thing to come out. like again, context on everything, like to come off of quarantine and not really like seeing my parents a lot because they're you know they're like older and I didn't want to put them in jeopardy with mm-hmm. all this stuff so uh and th- there were no vaccines at the moment so it was like mm. it was a pretty serious thing like now I'm back living with my parents physically like just like an infant mm. can't walk can't move can't do anything Jeez. they bring me my food they take it away they like help me like wash me it was nuts
0: yeah man that's
1: I haven't lived at home since I was, you know, 19.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That was something. Just To kind of switch gears a little bit for our listeners, listen to, to Benny's story right now. This is all not death nor despair. He's very much alive and well with us. And at, at risk of sounding like this injury is the most interesting thing to happen to this very interesting man. I think the part of the episode that, that coincides with this near-death experience, near-death experiences, is a shift in perspective. And I want to, I think, Benny, we've even talked about like dating, you know, post the accident. We've talked about maybe a possible summer in New York. Very recently, uh, we're just outside talking about that. First, I want to talk about you're a creative person. You're an artist. You're a writer. Have you been writing through this? Have you been what? Have stories come out from the fentanyl exposure and the exposure of your damn fucking shoulder through your skin and all that? Like, what What have you? What have you, what have you drawn from that?
1: I think like it. So I, I've always been like kind of a. I'm like a depressed dude. That's just kind of my mood. It's like my personality is like, I'm kind of one of like the white sad guys. (laughs) I thought that that was just
0: kind of like your, your thing. Like, yeah, like
1: heroin chic, sad heroin chic. Let's go. Yeah. Like tattoos, you know, but like angsty, (laughs) (laughs) it's always been me. Uh, but you know, sitting in that hospital room after all this shit that like, I don't know, like you, you can talk about deserving or not, but like wrong place, wrong time. Now I'm in the hospital, maybe not being able to walk again. And no one can visit because it's COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't there was no part that was that I was angry. It was just like, wow, I'm this is lucky. I'm really lucky here. Mm. Yeah. And I think part of it was like I was remembering everyone that I loved and that was enough to to go through that first night. Like like that that love for Damn. them and being there with them was enough. Mm-hmm. And when, I, when they w- were telling me, like, we're not sure if you have internal bleeding, we're not sure what is going to happen, we're going to get you immediately into, to, to scan all your stuff. Because, like, you know, they, they weren't sure what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That this, like, ultimate calm, like a, like a cool breeze on summer came in where I was like, okay, like, you know, this was good. This was a good time. <laughs> I had some good time like oh, if this I see, was it like maybe that was good oh, yeah. and then when they Jesus. said like your internal bleeding is alright like you're you know you're gonna be fine You're, n- and I ended up not being paralyzed obviously yeah uh, that was like a whole new wave like a whole new like man like I, I realized that day like I I I to myself like this like I was no longer gonna make deals with time
0: mm. God, what does that mean what does that mean
1: so you make deals with time right like when you're with your friends and you're on New Year's and you're like, "This year is going to be the best year ever." I'm going to. Twenty twenty
0: full full vision baby. I'm going to write go
1: that screenplay. I'm going to I'm going to find that person. I'm going to I'm going to like live for the moment. You make that deal with time. Mm. That before thirty five, you're going to make the screenplay. Right like, before thirty, you're going to meet the person, and it just all seems super silly when like this one evening, like just driving home and putting myself in the hospital, like. That's how. That's how quickly and how fragile the human body is. Yeah. Like, why are we making deals with time anymore? I'm not making deals with time anymore. Right. I, I want to write something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write it. I miss somebody. I'm gonna call them. Because, that. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. it, maybe it won't. And that sounds cheesy. It sounds funny, but that's kind of making deals with time. Damn dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're just meat bags moving through downtown LA until. Till it all stops. No, that's fucking... Yeah, my, my, my soul is, just feels fucking eviscerated right now as I make deals with time cons- consistently and constantly. As I just told you, I'm coming back from Big Bear, which is fun, but I, I promised myself I'd go to Hawaii and I'm still not... have not been to Hawaii. And... Um, no, it's wild. I think in, in terms of perspective shifts as well, like even throughout quarantine, I mean, about a month in, two months in, when everyone's locked, locked down for sure, everyone's being like what's the first concert going to be like? What's the first match at the bank going to be like? What, where am I going to go with my family as soon as this is over? And I think it's it's crazy that I have I can only speak for myself here, but I've already made the, the deals with time again and again since we I've got vaccinated, where it's like, okay, I've got this thing coming up in, like, October or November. But again, like, we should know better. As we've seen again and again, nothing is promised. This year has fucking shown us that. And... Um, same time like i 'm happy i'm like, pretty content with where i 'm at, but also like i 've always wanted more at the same time, and I think that perspective is a fucking healthy shift, and you found out on a hospital bed as you accepted fate to 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 deal you whatever hand that it, it should deal you but um no that 's fucking wild man what 's uh like what like let 's say the yeah, what what are you putting right into action that you thought um you're no longer making that delay happen now
1: you know I think it's just it, it frightens me the awful truth of how sweet life can be. It, And it's all it's all the fleeting part of it, right? And I, for a while there I was living, every moment that I was having fun was me thinking, when is this going to end? Mm. And it wasn't that I wasn't having fun, I was having a great time. Every time I go to the bank I have a great time. Those hugs are real, those smiles are real, the beer showers are appreciated, all that stuff, but it was always like, okay, when when is this gonna end? When mm. is this joy gonna be done with? And I think um, I think that's that's the biggest shift. It's not even like a, you know, I'm gonna make my career. I did this work. or yeah that yeah. I yeah. think it's just like, it, it felt a little bit better to go to the bank. Mm. It felt yeah. like it just felt right to see everybody again. And I'm not like I'm a pretty shy person, so it feels weird to be talking for so long, but. <laughs> But to go back to the bank and to see my Tigers and to see, you know, all the D9U and the Ultras and, like, and to hear about everyone else's loss. Because, man, Mm. like, 32 suffered a huge loss with so many of us. So I think that was, like, the the biggest takeaway wasn't really, like, what am I going to enact? Because that's kind of like that that New Year's approach to it, right? Like, this year's going to be different. Right,
2: right, right. right.
1: And more just, like, I'm aware of how frighteningly fragile it all is.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean to stick with the bank for a hot second there. Like it was even a different jump, going from um, non-vaccinated to vaccinated section in the north end, and you're 50 feet apart, right? From from week 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 one to two, but just the the immediacy of being able to hug people, and the immediacy of being able to like tangibly talk to somebody, right? And like shake them and all that stuff. It's 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 that will teach you how to. It's a difference between like even. When you're sitting non-vacc- non-vaccinated, you're like, oh, I can't wait till it all gets better and we can all sit next to other And then when you actually get to do it in some, some, some fashion, man, it's, it's unlike anything, brother. It's like, that's what I want to stay in, you know, and that's been my favorite. Week two was my favorite um, bank experience so far.
1: Yeah. Week two was incredible.
0: Yeah, week two was freaking crazy. Slim, how about you, man? It's always, it's always the one I don't go to, huh? <laughs> did not even do that on purpose it just <laughs> happens to be all of our favorite ones yeah, never. The,
2: everyone's favorite memories are like Guanajuato and Seattle and I'm like yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. all of I know, you I miss
0: those too
2: <laughs> uh, what was your question?
0: it's just like I mean you've been through the near death before and like I think I think when people look at you from afar like they got to know you a little bit like you're someone who is in the moment you're the guy I used you in one of my advertising examples by the way was uh, you in New York knowing how to do the money dab to the to the to the DJ to be like you got to play some YG <laughs> I was like there's a it's it's like it's a very rare skill i feel like and if you don't if you do it wrong or you're incapable of doing it it's corny as fuck but it's slim because you're you're you can maneuver that and you can finesse different shit you're always the guy who was like when sam is here the moment is fucking beginning right now, you know? And so we're all kind of waiting on you. And that's why in Seattle, I think well, somehow the euphoria of the situation allowed us to forget that you were not necessary. And maybe we had it all in us the whole time. But in uh, and, and most times you're like, fuck, what's Sam going to do now? What's Sam going to do now? Like, do you feel like it's any of that near death shit made you fucking enjoy the, the present or even your time in Hawaii, the island life and all that?
2: Um. I think my near-death experiences weren't as intense as Benny's mm-hmm. where, like, I had to, like, sit there in it. Like, where I had to sit in the moment yeah. that happened and just pass and, like, like deal with that. You know what I mean? It was... My stuff was, like I said, that first one falling off the car um, once was just picking up my homegirl to go to the beach and me and a couple of the homies are just standing outside and some tweaked out Filipino dude, like, pulls up on us with, a, like, a desert eagle. And, w- like, and my f- asshole friend, he was standing on the outside of the car. I'm in the passenger seat. And <laughs> when I look back, he's hiding behind me like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, um, no, nah, like, yeah, and that one, he just, like, we are just like, yo, we're not gangbangers. And he just drove off after he claimed the set. You know, stuff like that just kind of randomly would happen to me. Um... The other time was that time I I told you guys about when I was in Chicago for a business trip. We went clubbing with some people that we met there and uh, got lost in the neighborhood and um, stopped at a stop sign. Saw two dudes on the corner. They said something to us. We just kept driving. And they just walked out into the middle of the street and started popping off their guns. She, um, yeah, but like, it's all like, like really fast moments where I wasn't injured and like, I didn't, you know, like catch a bullet or anything. So I didn't really like, it was just like, Oh, that was crazy. Right. Um, and the other one was like, yeah, I was like le- learning a boogie board and then a wave took me under for a while. Um, just like, you know, tossed me under the wave for a bit and then I finally like was able to, to put my feet on something. It was a coral reef, pushed off, it fucked up my foot Came up gasping for air, and my homie's just laughing his ass off. He's like, you look like a fucking walrus. <laughs> you're like, dude, I saw my whole life. Bro, I was like, I almost died. My foot, he, my I, foot. I literally was like, I almost died, Foot! He just couldn't stop laughing. He was like, you look so funny.
0: <laughs> by land, by air, oh, or man. sea. Just, flip his face to near death in many different it's, scenarios.
2: It's
1: not cute. It's I not do want cute. to appreciate how Los Angeles you are, just for like, yeah, you just... Like how nonchalant you're, like, yeah, we're out, and then you know, the guy pulled up, Tech Nine, and yeah, oh, no, oh the yeah, Tech there Nine, was that one, the, the Tech, Tech Nine one, one I didn't even talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh,
2: we were at a club. It was uh, for all my Asian American cats out here, Casa uh, Korean American Student Association for all the uh, all the colleges out here. Uh, they used to have um, freshman dance off, so all the Korean American student associations from all the different. Where UCs going, and Cal States. It. Uh would have like a club event and then they would have a dance off there.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and at one of those events, like a bunch of fights broke out. Um you as, know, as they do. Yeah, yeah, as they do, and we're like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh so we're walking to the car, uh, and I apparently the people that were getting into shit inside called in the cavalry. Um Shout out Van Nuys Asian Boys who pulled up on us. And We're yeah. just shouting out.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> <Stop. laughs> Shout out the guys that brought. No, <laughs> no man, yeah.
2: They, they, this they,
0: episode brought to you by the Van Nuys like, Asian <laughs> Boys. Let's
2: no, go. No, they pulled up in Integra. Like, three of them popped out. One had the Tech 9 And I was just like, once again, like, I don't bang. It yeah, was, yeah. Like, you know, whatever.
0: But you look like a banger, bro. I, get, I mean, yeah. I was say. a
2: fat Korean with a shaved head. Yeah, like, yeah. people, you know during that era the shaved head korean was like a problem you know um but yeah i i think just in general i guess all those things added up and because of that i do you know just appreciate life more because mm. um, you in those moments you understand that like literally like this fool could have flinched and like like his finger slipped and i'm dead yeah, you know yeah. what i mean um, and when you you realize that your life is literally at someone's fingertip, like you you kind of have a, more of an appreciation for it. Um, yeah, I
0: don't know. I guess. Do you feel like like we've heard Dweez in the past, the dark Dweez, the dark Dweez, dark Dweez. Mm-hmm. It was um he's he's had a transformation in personality, even in in some in a lot of his his mood and his uh, possible sex drive and all that. But for you, was it? You, you feel like you you were always that kind of even keeled throughout, or do you feel like any of these like experiences even through like church stuff and all that kind of informed how you kind of walk about the earth today
2: um I think with experiences in my life like I just don't take like the the value of life for granted mm-hmm. like I have homies who like got into a fight and like, punched the kid in the chest, and that kid died, so he caught a murder charge, mm. you know, so it's just, like...
1: And there he goes forever.
2: Yeah, you know, and to me, it's, like, all right, like, at that point, there was a p- point in my life where it's, like, if I am mm. gonna fight somebody, it's because I'm willing to kill that person. Mm. So, b- like, when you take it to that level, it's, like, most of the shit that I'm mad about, yeah, like, I don't really, really care it? to kill you for it, you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, like, I just... I, I didn't really have many passions and hobbies growing up in life. Like that one thing that I cared about was people, mm-hmm. whether it was human interaction or whatever. Um, and I valued like just you know friends and pe- like, especially coming up in a, uh, being brought up in a first generation Korean home where like you, there is a language barrier. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff I picked up as far as life values go, like hella you know hella ninety sitcoms, right, like. Right, right. You know, you learn a lot of, and I feel like from a young age, like I was like, like picking up those gems from those shows for some reason. You know what I mean? Like life
0: lesson stuff or what? Yeah.
2: You know, like I, I never wanted to do caffeine pills after Jesse.
1: What an interesting look at like soft power. Oh yeah. It, like when it comes to mm. like influencing people's experiences. Yeah. Especially in a foreign land.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and and yeah, what's and on
1: TV
0: is what you think normal is in the in a country where y- your parents don't know what the fuck normal is, you yeah. know? So you th- internalize everything as, like, that's the truth. That's the law. Uh, that's the law. Of how, that's how we should obey and fucking live in this land. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, American movies taught me this. American movies taught me... Totally. It's interesting. But I know it's like uh, you talk about Dark Dweez. Like, Dweez and I, have, you know, we lived our whole lives together, obviously, as family. But... Uh, it's that it's that idea of like when the dawn comes you already know the dusk is coming
0: mm. wow Sh- fuck you yeah. know what i mean
1: so it's like y- you kind of like you see the you see the end of that so you, it's the, you know that at kickoff you're going to be there at 90 plus minutes yeah whatever the result is, is the result and you know talk about what slim is just talking about like you p- you pick up those lessons along the way, and you can't carry it the whole time. I don't know how long I'm gonna be high on life. Right now, I'm high on life. Yeah. A lot of my fr- a lot of people right now, Los Angeles right now is very confused. What we're doing? Are we like are we locked down? Are we not locked down? The mm-hmm. Bars don't do restaurants. A lot of people are, a lot of people are gone. A lot of businesses are gone. We're kind of in this this purgatory trying to figure out when we can live again. And everyone's talking about this like summer of love, but we can't quite do it yet. And and I think like. I don't want I don't want my high in life to end, but I know it will. Mm-hmm. But for now, like man, was it nice? Man, is it nice to go and have a shower and be like, I can stand in the shower, yeah, 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 without my dad bringing me, yeah, because <laughs> I mean it was embarrassing. Shout out to my dad. You want to talk about a visceral experience? You should see how my accident affected my dad. Oh no. He owns a he owns a body shop. We talk a lot of the tigers know this story just because he had a body shop in K Town. OG, oh, the, OG <laughs> the, the OG before OG. the OG, the OG J. not a Korean guy. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, but uh, no, he he right when he found out about my accident because I didn't get a hold of anybody because I lost my phone during all this. Uh, stuff. So like I got hit at midnight and at ten thirty in the morning I I was able to get a phone because I was in in and out of of, of all the different places with all the different doctors and all the tests and everything by the time it was ten thirty, yeah they finally gave me a phone and i called home and you know i, I was like hey and they were like oh are we still going to meet for coffee and i was like has anyone called you and they're like wow well, why would anyone call us and i was like okay listen i'm alive don't worry but this happened <laughs> and i guess my my dad immediately like immediately went to the uh lease impound to find the car because oh, he's a car God, guy yeah. needed, like his experience he needed to know what the car looked like to know what I went through mm-hmm. and I guess like this is secondhand. I, I don't want to like blow up his spot but basically I guess when he saw the car he just kind of like broke down and started hugging it because this oh. car is I'll show you guys pictures of the car it is gone it, this is a, a Lexus SUV that I was borrowing from him Yeah, that has turned to dust oh, it is man. liquefied there are parts of this car that, like, you don't even know where it starts.
2: Yeah. And, and I can imagine it, like, the him person died. seeing the person that died car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. That's wild, dude. I can only imagine what was going through his head, like, when he saw that car.
1: And they live in, you know, we, they lived in Venice for a long time. And there's all that, all kinds of shenanigans in Venice <laughs> all hmm. the, you know, all the boardwalk stuff and Dear. whatever. They live pretty close to the boardwalk. And they're always bothered by, like, all the street music and stuff. But it's, you know, they live in Venice. They know what it is. But he said that that night, after my accident, he just, he wanted to go down with, like, a baseball bat and just, like, take out the entire board <laughs> so that's just how mad he was. Because all, yeah. all these losers that are, like, you know, doing meth and doing heroin yeah. and, like, taking all this shit for granted and getting in cars afterward. Yeah. He was like, why is my son in the hospital and you you fuckers not yeah. fucking dirt? Like, why are we doing this? Why are you here? And him, and him not. And I was thinking, you know, like, he, he told me that on the phone, because, like, you can't get visitors, so I have to do everything but with the phone. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital for, like, many, many days just talking on the phone with him, and he was, he was telling me all that, and I was like, man, you can't, you can't be mad. You yeah. can't be mad at this. I'm here. I'm all right. like Whatever. I'll You know, I'll learn to do wheelies in the wheelchair. It'll be dope. Like, we'll <laughs> figure it out. Like, we'll save up and get a solid gold wheelchair. I don't know, but, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. You said
0: Miyaki wheelchair, baby. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. But he... And you know, I, I was thinking about like anger and and even like the the hospital chaplain came while I was laid up in there. Mm-hmm. My only visitor, which I thought was kind of like, I was like, man, if you can get it, the church lady can get it in here. Why can't my mom? Yeah, <laughs> yo, yeah,
0: they they got they got eyes everywhere, and, uh, baby.
2: They bathe in holy water before they. And pull I kind of
1: like I told her my thing. I was like, I went to a Catholic school growing up, but it was mostly because like my mom didn't want me to go to LA public school. So <laughs> we we kind of faked the whole Catholic thing, but you know, it's all good. And and she was cool with it. We actually had a like a pretty interesting conversation but at the end of it i was thinking about my dad being angry and i was like yo anger is not really like an emotion anger is like the last line of defense before you get to emotion Mm. you know what i mean that's how i kept thinking about it for him like he it hit him in such a way that he needed like every cell in his body to like fight before he like yeah,
2: that's him. that old-school machismo thing, you know what I mean? He's old-school Yeah, I mean, yeah, grew, all, all, all of our parents' <laughs> generations, for the most part, have, you know, a bit of that in them, where it's just like, yeah, I, d- I don't know how to be sad, I'm gonna fucking rage, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, and even busting some head is not, like, you know. Yeah,
2: like, that's just part of what they did back then, They're fucking.
1: I'm glad he didn't do that, because he, he's still too good-looking for jail, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a George Clooney thing
2: going on. Nice. What about you, Spice? I mean, from what we heard earlier, no no real, like, near-death experiences.
0: No, no, none of that. Like, I've had friends who, I mean, got into car accidents, you know, and they were thankfully okay, but, I don't know, I think I've lived kind of, like, a fairly safe, safe life, you know? It's always, like, I was adjacent to all that shit, like, I had friends, (coughs) friends whose older brothers were involved with, like, gangs and shit, Mm -hmm. and, like, they get into fights and stuff like that, but so my i mean, i think my parents their wishes of moving us to the suburbs when they did it's like i was always within arm's reach but never close enough to 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 feel that firsthand and mm. um that side was like kind of cast side grew up in a in a very religious household so the church thing was there and like i don't know i think it's not even near death man i think the one thing the one thing i found that was that changed my perspective a little bit was like when I came up to LA and I got found a church out here, I go to glory church downtown, like having being a part of a city church where anyone can walk in and you see not only like Asian folks who actually go to like our church, most predominantly Asian folks, but like all of downtown walks in, you have to just like take people for what they are. You know, that's, that's kind of what, what being in a church in that neighborhood looks like. But mm-hmm. like people are walking in in all kinds of walks of life, you know, people who are like, on drugs right now, abusing mm-hmm. drugs right now. People who, you know, just got out of prison are like, they're trying, to, they're trying to find some semblance of peace in the world. And, um, I told some, I think I told my pastor this at the time, I was like, I think there's something interesting where it's like, because I've always been kind of within a leadership, um, leadership position at churches just because like, my parents went all the time and I was there all the time and it means a lot to me. But the thing was like, people just like could tell me their problems and like it wouldn't really shake me to the core of me because i like i have i have like the stability of my family you know we i never got really into trouble or anything like that so i just took all that but eventually i think it just kind of wore on me like fuck like like how much good can we do in this community when there's so much fucking hurt in it you know and like like reaching out to reaching out to like the homeless neighbors nearby and being like how can we help and then you see them for a couple weeks and then they drift off and do something else right mm. so it's I don't know. That kind of shifted my perspective in a way. I think moving out to LA moved, to chip, shifted my perspective in a way. But at the same time, like the the waste of time, I think is like in any culture, in any religion, is like it's it's like it it is it's almost it's like a we we call it a sin. It's like sloth, it's laziness, it's all that. Or even the saddest thing in my head is always like fucking only being able to look back and say like fucking what if you know and that's my biggest fucking fear you know it's like literally like you have all this fucking you have some some talent in your life and what you've done with it is you know what are, where what chair i'm sitting in right now what i'm doing i look around and i'm not happy with my lot in life and it's like that fucks me up all the time you know and i'm not i don't think i've reached the age that like i'm consistently doing that i'm like my, my hair is not thinning and all that shit so like really making making that attempt but um no, that's the shit I think about. I think that's when you're talking about making deals with time. That's that's something that's been on my head, too. Yeah,
1: because it's, it's not even, like, seeing the, the face of death, because I, I don't, I don't know. There was, I, I can't say that, like, I, I got that far. I mean, look, it happened four months ago. And now I'm, like, I'm back. I'm doing the jump for, like, LA fo- last week was my first jump for a mm. football club. <laughs> you know, like, I can't, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be over here, like, playing victim like that. But But I think that is the closest thing I came to spirituality was, like, being in that hospital and, and making that deal, making that final deal with time, being like, all right, time, you win. Like, mm. you know, giving myself up for that. And also kind of like, you know, I, I grew up a kind of self-deprecating way. And then when the when the letters and the, and the phone calls and the, and the Tigers giving me my, the jersey and the signed ball and all this stuff, like, I kind of like had to step back and I even like shed a tear because it was like, I, I've been giving myself so much shit my whole life for mm. not like being good enough, mm. but if this is if this happens to me and this is the response, I guess I'm not that big a piece of shit, right? No. Like, no. All these cool people are are reaching out and they yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. actually care, like you know. And I was like, okay, so I'm not that big a piece of shit. No, like no one, no, no. one is applauding that downfall. <laughs> but you talk about like the spirituality in it. I think like you don't have to see that moment to to have that life altering yeah and
2: And going back to earlier what you said about like you know whenever something begins you know there's an end whenever there's a dawn there's dusk um i think that yeah that that is kind of just how our minds work it's i mean if we want to get biblical with it right like um by worrying who can add it no like when moses was leading israelites through the wilderness for 40 years right yeah yeah and at points, they said mana was falling from the sky, and food would fall from the sky, and they, you know what I mean. Right. But even those people that saw those types of miracles, like, still had to be reminded. Right? That is the
0: human nature part of it, right? For sure. yeah. What have so you done for me
2: lately? It's uh, no matter how big of an, of an epiphany or a mind shift happens, if you you go back into the same mold of things, like, eventually you're gonna need to get reminded again. You know, however that is, whether it's through another traumatic experience or whether it's just like you have to sit there and like think back on where you were in that mindset before and like get yourself back there. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's all part of it. And it's, and I guess because I've been a salesman for so long, Mm. I kind of like think about it as, as like a sales thing where it's like, you know, when you become a salesman, you have to first learn about the product to believe in the product. Then from there you go out there and you start selling the product and like if sales aren't going too good, your, your faith in that product and what you're doing, isn't going to be good. But if you know, you never everyone, blame yourself in that, you know, that that's part of your, as a salesman, your mindset is, I see. is Oof. the biggest part of it because yeah, yeah. most of the time we're getting no's, right? right? Right. right. Like you have to have the mindset of like, so if
0: you're like, I fucking suck, and I can't do this job. Yeah, yeah But
2: right. even the best salesman, like sometimes you get in a rut and then you sell it again. And that reminds you like, Oh yeah. Like that, that, joy of the sale, like, and whatever it is, but, yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it, is just, like, everyone gets back into to the motion of life, and yeah. you don't have, a, a, you know, a, any moments to, to sit there and, like, kind of bask in what's really going on, you know? Hmm. No, that's real.
1: That's I never real. thought about it with sales.
2: Yeah, and
1: I'll be honest, like, like, (laughs) I'll be
2: honest, like, Spice, you were talking about, like, yeah, like, I, you know, when I used to, when I go out, I I have this energy where I'm just kind of, you know, Mm. moving through a room or whatever, but I'll be honest, in, like, the past year or two, it's, that energy hasn't really been there with me, you know what I mean, Mm. and I think within the last, like, couple months, I've just kind of, you know, sat in my backyard watching Kobe run run around, and I'm like, man, like, I'm not that fun to hang out with anymore. Mm. And I had to tell myself, like, hey, like, you should probably stop being a piece of shit. You had a whole year to to fucking sit in your house and be a piece of shit. Like, All right, it's time to stop now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think every once in a while, like, you kind of my favorite thing about weed is, like, you smoke a bowl and, like, it's you get self-reflective. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people call it like, like new stoners will call it paranoia. You're in your head and you're like a freaking out. But once you, like, smoke a little more, I'm not telling you guys to fucking become stoners. But, um, mm. like, that's kind of the dopest thing about Bud is, like, it'll make you introspective. Yeah. It's, you know, like, when you're on alcohol, you're not sitting there thinking about, like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be drinking as much. You know what I mean? Like, But, like, sometimes when you smoke weed, you're like, maybe I need to cut down a bit. You know what I mean? Get right. my energy right. Whatever. Like, and that's, that's kind of, like, the biggest thing that I appreciate about Bud and I think help a lot of people with their energy is just like sometimes just stop and look at yourself and sometimes you're the fucking problem.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, you give yourself a break enough to like give yourself a kick in the ass. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: So like yeah, for the last like year or two I've been real fucking whack. Like, you know, I don't, my homies don't even call me no more to kick it because <laughs> I always say no. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I think after a year break of you know, that was kind of forced on me. Like I've I've had some time to be like all right like you know your life's pretty fucking good go
0: enjoy it. And not to say like you're I don't think you're fucking whack now, but do you feel like your natural was your natural disposition your natural behavior to be the loud party of the, the party of the room or is it more like now where it's like you have to kind of like coax yourself to like become that person
2: no I think I always have been that person and this is the thing when you're always the happy energetic guy yeah if like one day you like you're not even sad or mad about anything you're just like ah, I just don't feel as energetic today I don't really feel like being like loud right, right, and stuff right. then everyone is like yo w- what's wrong with you okay, yeah, what, yeah, you, okay? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and like when you're always that like energy person like sometimes I'm just like as a grown man, I'm like, but I'm not a fucking court jester. Yeah, You know I what I mean? mean? You're yeah. not going to fucking like monkey. wave. A, yeah, you're not going to wave a dollar bill at me. You know, I'm, I'm going to fucking do a cartwheel and go grab it for me. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, and I think that's kind of like that was where like that energy, that whack ass energy was coming from where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not your fucking, you know, mm. like your, your court jester. I'm going to just be chill. and realize. You
0: think it's because you got tired of being that person all the time?
2: I think I got tired of, like, it being expected. I see. You know what I mean? Like, because especially if people have been friends for a long time, like, you kind of like, resort back to that person that you are with that friends. Like, you know, like, the the Woo girls and from How I Met Your Mother, right? Like, everyone <laughs> separated and became adults, but like, when my high school homies get back together, who are grown-ass men now, but when we come back together, it's like, everyone the turns into these Dumbass high school kids again. Totally. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh,
1: you ever you ever hear about a cat named Iceberg Slim?
2: I've heard that name. I don't remember what it's. He's, from.
1: A, he's a pimp that became a poet that became an author. He's just like a he's a New York legend.
2: It so sounds like Rafael Delgado
0: from fucking <laughs> Fresh Prince <laughs> of Bel Air. Delgado cannons to the left of him.
1: <laughs> listen, I mean, he's a pimp. Like he's done some ugly, ugly terrible stuff to women, obviously, but he's got this, he's got this thing, he became a poet, and he's like, he he became a poet for a reason, he's got these interesting, like, universal truths, he's very, like, Charles Bukowski in that way of, Uh like... I mean, to be a pimp, you gotta be good with your words, right? So his thing was, never, never let any of the girls know how you feel, no matter how you feel. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. If he had the worst day of his life, if his dog died, if his mom killed his dad, like no matter what happened, I mean, but bitch, t- I'm cool. Bitch, I'm cool. If it was the best day of his life, bitch, I'm cool. I mean, that's like, that's that was, that's kind of dudes in general, right? Like, but that like that's what you're talking about, right? It's like you keep that one, level yeah, because no one can expect more of you if you're ever on that one level. Yeah, like, that was his way of that was his way of controlling his. That's mm. interesting. He wasn't. even didn't have to be anything because no one never knew what he was. was man like man stone, needs a code. Man needs a code. Stone yeah. cold dude. I don't, I mean, that sounds like a really like terrible person to be around. To be honest with you, I don't know if I want to hang out with Iceberg Slim as much as I like like his. Poetry. I mean,
2: but that's all dudes in general. Period. Right? Like
1: I don't know. I think I'm a. I think i emotional motherfucker. <laughs> I, I've been sitting here talking about.
2: I, yeah, but with the mics on. But let's be honest with like, guys in general. Like, you could be homies forever and really not know shit about, like, what they do, who their girl is. You know what I mean? So do you think,
1: so do you feel that way about, like, your best friends? Or is that, like, kind of superfluous? Like
2: Sometimes, some of them, yeah. yeah? Like, some dudes, like, they... I still barely
1: know, like,
2: like, if I call on them, like, yo, I need you right now to do whatever. They'd have your back. They have, it, but, like, if someone asked me, like, yeah, like, you know, like, what's, um.
1: Like how do you feel?
2: Yeah, like, 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 what's your relationship with your family? You know what I mean? That type of shit, or like, your homie just broke up with this girl, and you're just going to be like, everything good? I'm cool, man. I'm just, I'm working through it. And that's it. Like, uh, in a circle of women, that shit would never fly. Oh, no. You better
1: motherfucking yeah. explain. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting though cuz like I guess I guess guys like explain it through their actions, right? You if you like you have a homie who's who's like, "Oh, I'll be there no matter what." Like he won't tell you yeah. how he feels, but he'll be there. Yeah. So you know exactly how. But
2: he that's feels. what I mean, you know, right. like we, it's just like dudes don't really know that much about each other.
1: I'd be curious to do a pod where we keep, try to get like a like cultural roundtable of like let's see where we're let's like check the the temperature of everyone's, you know, cuz like 32, my favorite part about 32 is how diverse everyone is and mm-hmm. how the you know, especially mm-hmm. like the Tigers group. I feel like we're always kind of like, it's one of the few times in Los Angeles where like a lot of the white dudes have been the minority. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And I like that because I've always kind of hung out with cats from Korea and cats from Japan and mm-hmm. like, my, like I, I played soccer, so I like the international crowd was always kind of there. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, like there was this interesting cultural influence where like, you know, they couldn't talk about their feelings with their dad because their dad had this machismo thing. But my dad was very like open with his emotion. Mm. But like, I it would be curious to check that barometer of like, all right, let, like, where's everybody at? Like, what can you say with your friends? Are you are you willing to to unveil this truth? Like, yeah. Or do you kind of hold it to yourself still?
0: Like, it's i I actually have kind of like a contradictory experience to, to Slim and like his close friends. Like, my close friends are very emotional. I think also like it's a like some you're a little older than me like i think my the youngs directly above me like were very much like they felt like they had to fight for everybody and like they had a code of honor and all that shit and Mm -hmm. we just like fucking were scared of them the whole time like literally i remember at church like all like the the guys who who used to bang like would walk into church and we i literally would be on the fucking wall because i didn't want to impede them in any way or form i just respected them and feared them so fucking much but like because they fought so fucking much for i think asian people in queens like we we got to fucking experience like growing up as teenagers and kids pretty safe you know and oh, um,
1: it, so they they set that boundary yeah. for the rest of the absolutely i think you know, that before uh, yeah,
0: they, interesting. I mean, yeah they yeah they had to fight a lot of people uh, like of, of like especially back then like the hispanic and black communities and asian communities did not fucking talk yeah. nor get along and so like we just hear stories every week of them like fighting it's, in their schools it's
2: the same thing in L.A.? I, uh, um, I believe it was Joey Yoon Lee. You know the artist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe he's from, like, Ohio or something. Yeah, he's from, like,
0: Minnesota Ohio, Yeah, yeah, like
2: somewhere that. in middle America. And, like, I had a conversation with him, and he was like, yeah, I didn't know you could be an Asian in America and be cool until I visited New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it's because, like, our parents' generation and the generation right below that, like, they really did fight. Like... There were Asian gangbangers that were holding it down for, like, the Asian folk to just live freely. And, yeah, like, in our generation, like, it didn't, ma- like, matter if you were the biggest nerd or whatever. Like, everyone was affiliated in the mm. 90s, early 2000s. Like, everyone either had a cousin or a friend had a cousin or, wh- like, that if something happened, someone could pull up for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's definitely, yeah, it's it's a different... Lifestyle and you know, like people from that older generation, look like at the younger generation, be like, "You guys turned soft." But it's like they didn't have a need to be fucking hardasses anymore. You know what like I mean? Like
1: you did it, and we're thankful yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. And like,
0: the go- and the good ones, I mean, it's I don't know if it was just because like they were gang affiliated and we're going to church at the same time, but the good ones were like, "You needed to not be around us." You know, when it comes to that comes down to it, and I think that's something that you you think about as a kid and you didn't really understand it and don't appreciate it until you get older and like. Cause I just want to hang out with my my older brothers, you know, but it's because of that. I think like my, my group, of group of guys, um, we were pretty emotionally open with, 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 one another and all that. But I did have a, like one of our, we have a group of like 12 guys, all the same age. And, um, he just had his grand both his grandparents pass away and we just all started hitting him up being like, calling him up be like, Hey, let's meet up right now. I know you're fucking going through shit. And he's the most old school out of all of us. He fucking went radio silent for a month and a half. Mm. And he's like, sorry, guys, that's just not how I deal with this stuff. And um, yeah, he just like, I'm going to I'm going to have to deal with all the arrangements. And then after that, I don't want to talk to fucking anybody. Mm. And as much as like, I think that's unhealthy and like, I want to be there for him. But he's like, this is how you can be here for me. He's like, don't fucking talk to me right now. And I was like okay like I I guess that's what we're here for and he finally reached out again and be like hey like uh, let's get together and all that but it's a month and a half two months since it happened
1: I think this summer is going to be a lot about uh, like how we mourn yeah because I don't think you necessarily needed to lose anyone over this last year to, to be in mourning yeah because we all lost a year of our lives agreed and that that morning process hits people differently. Some people are going to go out and, like, that summer of love shit, they're going to, like, you know, they're going to do whatever, you know, on Tinder. I mean,
2: it's already kind of starting, man. You but see you're, all like the you fights you you're like
1: going. Yeah, but you're, like, I, like, nah, like, I, I can't do this. Like, but
2: I've also do done right. everything the opposite of everyone else during quarantine, I feel like. Like, I, like, I'm over alcohol. Um, like I didn't want, like I I didn't lean on, I kind of like separated even more from sports during that time when all the dudes I know, like I needed sports for mental health. I needed it to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of did every, I don't, I don't, it's not like a conscious decision. I was just like, okay, like I don't really care to watch the sports right now. Um, yeah, it was just weird.
1: Yeah. In the morning, I mean, I, I look at LAFC, like this (laughs) is a soccer podcast, right? I look at LAFC no. season right now as like it's a, a culture m- it's podcast. Like I feel like it's kind of a mourning process. Like these guys, like Is that why we're playing so <laughs> sadly? I'm going to give all my dudes an excuse. I think we're like we're playing. You're right. You're right. I don't think we can get it together on the field. But I think course. that was the
2: excuse I gave them last year.
0: <laughs> hey, I think they. You know what? Last year, and this Mark Rojas, shout out Mark Rojas, was saying, like, we have to give it up to the players and the staff. They're incredibly fucking brave for doing their fucking jobs. I get it. It's their job. But. To put themselves out there when nobody knew what the fuck was going on, and we're just like y'all got to fucking kick a ball around for the for the greater good and all that shit. But um, it's wild, man. I think I I say this all the time now, but it's like fucking you love deeply enough, you live fucking a thousand times. You live a thousand times, and because of that, because I feel tethered to fucking everybody in the north end, the sense of mourning and loss will it it just goes across every like when someone I've. I mean, this is the nature of, of our healthcare system as well, but like just the amount of GoFundMes that you, somehow I have a relation to now, it's you know, wild, right? yeah. And it's like everyone, it takes a weight on, on yourself, right? Because as, as horrible as the lows are, the triumph of being together and doing something together in a group of 3000 plus is like, this is the cost of some, this is the cost of something so incredible, you know? But, um, now I think about that, man. It's like, I'll never forget the feeling like it's, we, we talk about even how, how your dad felt when um, he saw, saw the accident, you know? And it just, like, I felt that, like, not to that degree, but I felt, like, just an overwhelming sense of fucking, what do I do when someone that I would even, like, quote-unquote, know that well. But that's, that's our lives now from here on out. And I think we are better for it. We are absolutely better for it. It just fucking hurts in times of global, global pandemic even more than we, we ever imagined.
1: Yeah, you saw, I mean, you saw it with George Forge. Yeah. The world exploded because we had to explode. Yeah, and absolutely. And I have no, you know, m- mourning differently. Everybody mourned that differently. Yeah. And whether it's broken bottles, broken windows, or broken hearts, like, <laughs> that yeah. shit went down the way it did. Yeah. But well, I did, I will say that, like, what I went through in the hospital, I think, and I think what, I, what I'm seeing in the north end, and we can talk about it more after a break, because I know we've been talking for a while, but I think I got some solutions for it. Oh next. I feel like next quarter is gonna be solutions to the problem.
2: We'll be back. Break time.
0: We're back here, FCFC Pod here in a loft in downtown Los Angeles. This is Officially, Ohishi Whiskey Time.
1: Ohishi Whiskey Time.
0: With Benny Blanco.
1: Listen, I'm not Dweez. I don't have the beard. I don't have the mustache. I don't have the bucket hat.
0: Nor do you have the
1: I I don't have the tea. I think we're better off for today. It's fine. But <laughs>
0: JK, I'm, I'm Missy Dweez. I'm sorry. Bye.
1: I'm not going to replace Dweez. You know what? That's part, of, that's part of my recommendation. As we get into recommendation. Hit Here's the drop. FCFC Recommends. We got a program, FCFC
0: Recommends. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about some stress relief, stress relieving recommendations from all of our hosts here. Betty, you want to start off or should I start off? I
1: think you can start off. Okay. I think you just made, you just made the purchase that, that set this whole thing. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, right now on my ass, on my legs, <laughs> it's a pair of Isamiaki pleated plants, pleated pants from Bodega, downtown LA. And um, they're just wonderful, man. I've worn these two days in a row, and they're just incredibly the most softest, the most waviest. I feel like I'm swim- swimming everywhere in these pants and um, couldn't recommend great. it higher enough. They look great. They look great. And this leads to my second recommendation, another style recommendation. Check out the Blamo podcast with, it's a men's fashion podcast with Brendan Bebbenzine, creative director at NOAA, former creative director at Supreme, is now taking over as creative director of my former employer, J. Crew, trying to save and rectify the brand. And he talks about buying better and buying less. And I think um, the pants I'm wearing right now were not cheap, but the quality, the craftsmanship, as we heard from Richard Brooks, at AKA I Pictures in the Mail from Union before, you pay for the craftsmanship, you pay for the quality of it. And in the long run, I know guys, it's really, it's hard on your wallet right now, but these pants, <laughs> this jacket, whatever it is, it's going to last you for far longer than the H&Ms of the world. So save up, brokies, go to Union, or go to
1: Bodega, save all that stuff. up, brokies. You
0: fucking brokies. You fucking or do brokies. what I do and
1: go on Grail, then lowball the shit out of people.
0: Jesus. Um, on a side note, Benny Blanco sitting across from me <coughs> has the most interesting fact about Grail.com. It's a men's marketplace. It's essentially an eBay for high fashion menswear. They treat everyone like shit. Um, yeah. Their customer service is actually pretty poor for, for, for the 99% of us. <laughs> and yeah, I sit next to the one percentile of Grail users who is treated like a fucking king. What, what happened, Benny, where they gave you a, a store credit? What happened with that?
1: They... So,
0: so this well, is like an eBay, imagine eBay and the heartless corporation they are. And then being like, oh my God, my fucking TV, a uh, TV I ordered had fucking a crack to the screen. They're like, oh, it's your fucking problem. Now that's essentially what Grail is. But for clothes, there's a tear in it, the pictures were inauthentic, whatever it was, they're like, it's your problem. But Benny, what happened to you?
1: I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I took quarantine hard. Like everybody did. They used to go out a lot. I used to eat a lot of food. Wasn't quite doing that anymore. Uh, like literally like I don't think I was buying that much to eat because I just wasn't that hungry being in my apartment all day (laughs) (laughs) like just wasn't working up an appetite so I, you know I I was saving a lot of money not going to bars not going to the bank not going to all these places so I thought I'd up my my fashion game a little bit started buying a lot on there uh, on Grailed and then uh, I I realized a lot of like the flaws in the system so I started being that like Karen where I was like complaining I was like listen you want a platform that's like actually gonna like live up to the, the brands that you're selling, you gotta fucking shape up. And they were ignoring it for a while. But mm. uh, after like a few times of trying of these scams, I was like, yo, you guys you know these are like scams that are being played on your website, right? Like that's bad look on you. Like I'm I'm a repeat customer. Yeah. You yes want, you are. Yeah, you don't want these scams to be played anymore, do you? And they were like, No, no, we we don't <laughs> I was like, "Good, cuz I a scam just got tried to play it on me. So, what are we going to do about this? How are you going to how are you going to like fix this for someone like me?" And they're like, "Well, we're really sorry." And I was like, mm, I don't think sorry's going to cut it." <laughs> I don't think sorry's going to cut it this year. Yeah, yeah, And they were like, "You're right. Um, we'll like we'll give you $150 credit." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Bitches. <laughs>
0: Guys, this is the this is actually the most helpful FCSC recommends of all time. This is a step by step how you deal with customer service. You have to when you feel like the the conversation there is, is about to turn sour, you say, "Sorry," is he going to cut it this time, and they will give you hundred fifty dollars credit. That's incredible.
1: What I want to believe is uh, so like I'm the biggest Dave Chappelle fan that ever lived. I don't know if that's true, but like I'm a big one. Mm-hmm. And his whole like his campaign against Netflix. Mm. Until oh, he got paid. And then actually getting paid. Yeah. That's what I equate my experience. With. <laughs> <laughs> no, I deserve absolutely zero oh, percent yeah. of what he did. But, like, I watched him do it and I was like, God damn it, I'm going to do that to Dave Chappelle.
0: I think you got paid out proportionally to the relative wealth of you versus Dave Chappelle. Happy,
1: Listen, happy customer. I bought something on grill today. Yeah. <laughs> you guys watched me get something in the mail from grill today. Yeah,
0: that was a wild in- so in-person they kept, experience.
1: they, they they took
0: their customers. grill.com now you can Grel. sponsor the pod yeah yeah <laughs> Do
1: what's it. good what's good we'll take Issey
0: right? so that's it that was my two recos it was Issey Miyake pants from Bodega or if you go to Japan I heard it's cheaper there so go there please yeah, sure. please. and the second one was why am I freaking why am I blanking right now what did I say did I just talk about the pants the no pants. the Brendan Membeseen yeah. podcast Blamo podcast he talks about Buying less, buying better, buying quality Garm. I'm all about that. Benny, take us away. Give, give us a recommendation for your stress relief.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll piggyback on what you were saying. Um, I think the one thing that like was really cool, especially especially being in a wheelchair for the last four months, was you know the. Uh, I feel like the morning coffee was like my time to like test out new fits. Mm. So I was like, you know what. I'm going to try to look as dope as possible when I go get coffee in the
0: morning. That's awesome. And, just
1: like, and, and it's almost like you put on a suit of armor every day. You get to like wear the thing that makes you feel good. You get to walk out in the world. Sometimes people are like, yo, you look dope. Some people don't. But either way, you, you get that experience of, 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 of controlling your own destiny, right? We, don't, we have so little control in this world, especially with the pandemic. Why not control how you look? Why not? how you feel about how you look.
0: This is FCFC Podcast. We wake up and we get fucking dressed. Okay? Put get on it. your suit of armor.
1: Get yourself a john Yeah. Get yourself a copy. Be go out there and be somebody. Be fucking somebody in the world.
2: Alright, well go get your triple A black T shirt and your Dicky shorts. And throw on your now
1: you're wearing the door some. You like you're looking good right now. But oh, like you're like, No, I,
2: I, I support right my now. friend's brands, but other than that it's mostly just soccer kits and
0: black t shirts. <laughs> <sighs> to be fair, we have so much fucking clothing already. If I just bought one thing from Ray and one thing from Ben every year and the rest of it being LAFC gear, yeah, yeah that's a ben, closet.
2: ben and Jeremy don't put it out something once a year. <laughs> Once three and, to, and a half yeah, years? I have to wait three years for new clothes, other than my, <laughs> my AAA black T-shirts. Buy less,
0: buy better, y'all. I buy get a dorsum. lot of
1: love on my dorsum stuff. Every time I wear
0: those, which ones? Which one do you
1: have? I have the white jersey, the, oh. the long sleeve. Mm. Oh, that's nice. And then I have the blue one with the with the cuffs that LAFC definitely stole. The <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Those white jerseys are just for skinny bitches like you, bro. Yeah, skinny. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Give me, give me a stress relieving recommendation,
2: Slim. Yeah. Um, yo, smoke some weed and get a puppy, y'all. Get <laughs> I a mean, puppy. I'll be honest. So as far as like new recommendations, I don't really do anything these days except kick it with Kobe and and look at my Coinbase and my Webull account to see if I'm I'm making any money off. Are we are still we s- Are we still buying the dip? AMC baby! Wow! AMC's ripping baby! Are you still on? Hell it? yeah!
1: Oh, but man. I I
2: only kept like two hundred shares at like ten.
1: Wait, two
2: hundred chairs? Yeah.
1: At ten, you at still like have ten
2: one. something. Yeah, and it's up at uh, It went up to thirty two today, and it was like up at like
1: forty and after hours. Wow, you want to hear about how much, of, how much
0: of a bitch I am? <laughs> 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 Wait, oh that's God. a new segment of the podcast. You want to hear about how much of a bitch I am? Let's you go. You know, honestly, bitch you know move what? of the week.
1: You know what? We're not doing tea time with Dweezil anymore. We're doing. <laughs> so you want to be a bitch? Yeah, yeah. So you want <laughs> to
0: be We're Blanco. I love it.
1: I got, I had 40 shares at $9 and when it got to 16, <laughs> whoa, we got soundboard. When I, when I got to 16, I, I chickened out.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, th- what I did was I, I sold off all the profit
1: hmm.
2: from what I think I, I got out. to 15 yeah. and I left like a couple thousand there. And yeah, right now we're, uh, I think end of week the, the target is 50.
0: Wow. I love it. I love it. You know what? We've said in the past, we're not a financial podcast, and you should not hold us responsible, but fuck it. Just, no, 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 just no, no, buy, no. Just buy it. Buy, buy the dip <laughs> and buy AMC right me. now.
1: I mean, buy the dip for crypto right now. I'm well, sure we don't know, because
2: be some fun people fun. are saying that it's uh it might be a dead cat bounce, which means- What's that mean? What's that
0: mean? It's just about to fucking crash. I don't know. But
2: I, don't so. I, don't I don't think, think so. I don't think so. Um, Maybe with, like-
0: should I cash out a Bitcoin and go to Ethereum all, all full-time? Full-time.
2: I mean...
1: I think you should. Mm, I, j- think. I
2: just feel like Ethereum is being used more. And, like, you have people like, you know, like some people that are really big into the NFTs, like Mark Cuban and shit, who are, re- like, really pushing the NFT thing to, to be a little more eco-friendly as well as being used in, like, all the, the, the art transactions and shit that are going on.
1: I'm going to say Cardano.
2: Cardano and VeChain. I, I ride
1: hard for Cardano. What's Cardano? The ADA. Uh, yeah, ADA that is the thing. That sounds
0: Italian as fuck. I mean, it. You know Spice Mind Rome, baby. Come on. I
1: mean, everything. The funny part is right now, Coinbase, like, I bought a year ago, and now it's all back to exactly where it was. So mm. it's not like you're going to, like, do anything that I haven't done if you mm-hmm. buy in right now. But I feel like Cardano is a thing.
2: Yeah, Cardano should get up to, like, five or 10. And it's only, like, a $1.50 per share right now. Mm.
1: It's, it's that age-old age thing where $1,000 is not a lot of money unless you owe it.
2: Mm.
0: Mm.
1: I'll hit the podcast with that. One more thing.
0: There's still an unreleased episode of Ben opening cards with us, and we're talking about the trading card market. Oh, Ben Chi? Yeah, Ben Chi. Um, and... For kid exchange, mm-hmm. that was about th- over a month ago now. Mm-hmm. In that time, in a month, I've seen. I mean, the the dip for cards is incredible right now. It's like it's it's at uh since since quarantine, it's at the lowest it's ever been. Oh, for prices, yeah, right? for prices, mm-hmm. and also like uh, you know, tops just went public with like um whatever holding company bought them out. Mm-hmm. They, I bought that expecting great increase. They're also at the lowest they've been in a while. <laughs>
1: Is it because people realize that it's just things printed on paper?
0: Kind of, sort of. But I'm, I think, yeah, absolutely. That's that's part of it. But also, it takes one crazy NBA playoff moment. Like, let's say fucking who wins this year. Uh, let's say Joel Embiid wins, uh, wins the finals this year. His rookie card should go straight up. Like, I'm wondering, like, fuck, that's over the course of a month. Like, this is, like, the, the next great big thing, right? And I invested in it. I bought Top Shot, all that stuff and i think the question i was asking in the podcast was like will i wake up one day and just like not fucking care about this anymore that's still up in the uh, up in the that's in the cards but at the same time like do we trust sports to make us money in a way that's not it's not explicitly gambling although it is fucking gambling right cuz i i think like just smarter people than me like what's what's his name who's the fucker Vayner. VaynerMedia media guy what's his name talks talks really loud Jerry gary gary v. v gary v said um uh, trading cards will never depreciate to a value like it yeah, once was he's
2: also biased because he's been into cards for a long he's time he's been into cards yeah. for a while
0: so I think we've come to that point right now where it's like fuck what are we
2: I mean but this run wasn't even that long
1: for the card was, shit that was yeah that's my issue with it too interesting it's some beanie baby shit
0: for it's beanie babies but it's also trading cards have been around since like the 20s yeah
2: right. but they weren't Like they stopped being valuable for like a decade, and then it came back for like what seems to be six months, and now it's depreciating again. You're saying, right? Yeah, no,
0: it is.
1: Can I lay another like recommendation on the pod? Yeah, and this is a this is a recommendation that I can't even follow myself because I don't have the kind of dough for it. But there is a worldwide Rolex shortage. If you can afford a Rolex right now, you buy that shit because it's only going to go up.
0: Am I trying to do a buy, buy one to rock, one to stock? Or am I just, it it, do I ever, have to keep it in mint condition? What, what's, what's, what's the process?
1: I mean, that's up to you. I mean, you know, do what you got to do. If you can, what do they say about buying a speedboat? Like, you don't buy a speedboat unless you can buy five? Sure. I would say that if you're going to buy a Rolex to, to resell, don't, don't buy it unless you can buy five. Gotcha. But if you just want to, like, floss and be and have a Rolex and, like, that's, that's your day-to-day... That's a recommendation that I also have because a Rolex can make you feel like a fucking king. Yeah. I don't have a Rolex. I have an Omega, but I love an Omega.
0: That's the interesting thing too, with like the StockX crew, right? I think sneaker resellers are among the best hustlers in the world. And I they have some today. Yeah. And but they've also I've seen a lot of the same sneaker heads move over to trading cards because that was that's what's hot in the market right now. And I've also known that StockX has a very incredible uh they have, uh, they have their inventory of luxury watches as well. Yeah. And so, like, this is all in the same realm of collectible. Watches have definitely more utility than trading cards do, but it does hit on some kind of, it's not even a childhood joy, but it really is, like, it is the collectible nature. Would so, I'm not opposed to it. I think the collectible shit is, is worth it. Why do people buy art sometimes, you know? Like, who the fuck knows?
1: That's a good podcast. This yeah.
0: really yeah. good collectible. I'd it's love great. to talk to like a watch dealer. I think that'd be that'd be awesome for someone who deals with that much. Like even like David, David, Wynn, you're you're our boy, mm-hmm. he just has a fucking what is it, a, a Piguet just fucking on his wrist when he was out for dinner, and that's what a, f- a twenty thousand dollar watch on his wrist. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. Well, his his best friend also is uh, a watch dealer. He works at the South Coast, uh, Rolex.
1: So he, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: I'm sure he helped him. There's know. a
1: worldwide shortage for Rolex, and it's just it cracks me up that like of all these things, are like Rolex just took a hit during the pandemic. I'm like, so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Rolex! Oh, yeah,
1: I'm sure they're gonna be alright. But That's you know, amazing. like the guy who I got this like chain from, the last time I saw him, he had a hundred thousand dollar watch on, mm. and he was like, yeah, it was like, he's like, his real deal shit, like, man. <laughs> second. What 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 watch was it? It was like this moon face shit where like if you started at the dawn of time, it would only be off a millisecond because of how astronomically important the components were. I, you know that watch shit. Like, <laughs> I'd love to get like an expert on to talk about it because I'm yeah. People right, that are really into watches are like really. But he essentially watches. said to me, "We're like if you started at the dawn of time, it would only be a millisecond."
2: You should Dweezing have told now. him like since the dawn of time. That might have been one of the douchier things I've heard someone <laughs> say.
1: It's definitely <laughs> douchey, but that's also like the illest flex I've ever heard in my
0: life. Hey, now that Dweezer's gone, we can do um we can do just a full F one podcast between the three of
1: us. <laughs> Yo, Botas for life. Bot- oh my, I'm oh sorry. What right? happened?
0: Okay. Oh my god, that was, all right. We're gonna it. Yeah, sure let's, let's, not,
1: let's not let's let's not get
0: into it. <laughs> but uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. those are recommendations I'll, I love that but that's a strong and that might be the strongest last recommendation of any podcast we've ever Rolex Buy a fucking Rolex you, <laughs> you fucking brokies brokies yeah. go shop at Union and go shop at Rolex South Cold Plaza baby yeah
1: my recommendation is earn more money that's,
2: that's <laughs> yeah man well, I that mean that's I ever said that, that way once the east coast away days are back we're, we're going there in style without any problems or worries you know what I mean
0: the fuck you get wrong for sure Man, Slim, you don't flaunt I
2: your money. You just go there comfortably. I thought you
0: were talking about like watching wearing a Rolex.
2: No, I'm not oh, going to yeah. a day with a Rolex. What the fuck, Slim?
1: If I bust my ass and I buy a Rolex and I wear it to Atlanta, am I gonna get robbed?
2: Yes. Yeah, like people just carry guns in Atlanta. <laughs>
1: but I really want to go to the Claremont Lounge with a Rolex on. I mean, you're... All right. I feel like one of the old ladies gonna rob. Me.
2: I mean, you never know, man. Everybody got guns out there. <laughs> They're allowed that's to carry them the American South is a wild place. Oh yeah, I, mean, I don't know much about it. That's what I'm South. saying, like, it's I, like a fucking museum. The exhibit. reason why I love oh, like the, the gangster rap out of the South is because I believe them more because it's like way easier for them to have guns than like the New York fools.
0: <laughs> oh no, for sure. Shout out Bobby. I mean, but chopped and screwed. Can we can we can we rock? Uh, just because in Atlanta they rock a lot of Ralph, right? Was that a thing when you saw it out there? I just know like the cunt, the cunt, the, cunt, the polo look.
2: The yeah. I mean, I feel like when I was there, yeah. I was, is that still like a huge look? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. I really don't give a shit what motherfuckers are wearing. Like give that's you that's your guys' state. You know
0: what? We're gonna. Uh, this is the F1 podcast, a racing podcast. We're gonna go watch NASCAR in Ontario soon enough. So that's the next Patreon exclusive.
1: I don't know. I a see. That's my dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hit us with the outro,
2: Slim. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the FCFC pod. Bye. FCFC. 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 FCFC.